Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. We've all had it, that big idea, and we know that if we do nothing, it's never going to happen. In a recent U.S.-based Fiverr study, 25% of people had business ideas in the past 18 months, but the majority never pursued them due to lack of resources. Visit fiverr.com today to turn nothing into something special. Welcome back to 929, the award-winning podcast from Fiverr.com. I'm your host, Ishan Akbar. This week, I'm joined by a legendary British author and a one-time UK children's laureate. She wrote the iconic book Madame Doubtfire, which got turned into the film Mrs. Doubtfire with the late Robin Williams. And she's written more than 70 other books for children and adults. It's Anne Fine, and she's here to tell you why you should create for yourself. Right now, you are um, an author, and we've all—you know—a lot of us have read your amazing books. Some of us, some of us might have seen some of your books adapted into films. Uh, tell us what what do you love about books and reading? I think what I love about reading most is the business of totally being on your own. Uh, I'm 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 quite a solitary person. I mean, I have a family, I have children, I have grandchildren, but uh, I think because I had triplet sisters when I was only three years old, I've always loved hiding in corners and just reading. And books are the best way of doing that. And is that what you would say kind of created your creativity because you tended to immerse yourself in these books, you started writing them? I think so. I think the more you read, the more you very subconsciously or without even noticing certainly pick up how writing works. And then one day, if you're a creative person in the booky field, you, you have an idea and you've somehow learned how to deal with that idea in a way that will chime in with other people's capacity to receive it. You also, in Philip Larkin's very famous words, know how to write the book that you yourself would most like to read, but nobody has written for you. Is there a difference between creating for yourself and creating for others? Absolutely. And I think this is this is so important. The chances of you marrying or living with somebody who is your sort of a reader are almost nil. I mean, they're just almost nil. So, so many people make the mistake of feeling that they will do better if they share. So they join a writer's group or, or they study at university writing or, or they share it with their friends. And, and that can be the worst thing. Some people may be sharers. It may be my personality coming over here. I'm not a sharer. <laughs> I don't want to know what anybody thinks of my work. I don't want to. I don't read it to children. I don't care what people think about my work. It's the book I'm writing for me. And, and I think if I was a composer, I'd be composing music just for me. And if I was a painter, I'd only want to paint my sort of paintings. And I think you can take too much advice from other people because then you end up with a committee piece of work and they're always dreadful. 
What does creativity mean to you? I think it means being able to use ideas in the right way. It's a skill. I think it, it's something you get better and better at. You, you you read something or you hear something or somebody says something and, and you think, oh, I could use that. And if it's a poor idea, it'll go down the plug hole in your next bath. If it's a good idea, it will grow branches. It'll get... A, and and knowing what to do with it, knowing whether it's just one line in a book, you know, a little funny grace note in a book you're writing, or whether it's, you know, a whole series. Uh, just knowing what you've got there is, is I think, part of what, what you learn to do better. I think one of the other things one learns over time is the parameters of one's own talent, uh, which is important. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't think that you shouldn't try for something higher and better than what you've done before. But I think it is extremely useful to know what you're good at and what you aren't good at. What, what tip would you have for your younger self when you look back over your career? I think what I would tell my younger self, uh, and I, I'm speaking then as somebody who began as a, a, a mother with small children, was you have no idea how much time there is. I think when 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 you're young, you 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 want to get everything done. You you just can't believe there are years ahead of you. And then finally, the children go to school, and I can actually remember the first day on which I had finished all the work I wanted to do before they came home, and that was a real watershed moment. So I would comfort people my, like myself, young young parents in particular, with the fact that there is more time in life than you ever think there's going to be when you're young and busy. I think that's a very valuable lesson, particularly because so many of our listeners are in startup spaces and business spaces. They uh, have e-commerce businesses and everything feels like it has to be quick. And now, do you think that particularly as a creative person, someone who writes books, you value the space you get from time to be able to create your best work? Oh, oh absolutely. I, I do think that um, n not, not feeling you have to be working all the time is, is, is really important. I, I think if, 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 if you aren't driven to write a book, you should just, you know, maybe clean the house or sit down or do something useful for somebody else. Um, I, I think there is a, a tremendous problem, especially for young writers um, who write one book and then the publisher immediately wants them to have another one next year and next year. And maybe they haven't got anything to say. So they bring out the old one that wasn't that brilliant from the knicker drawer and they kind of tart it up and send it in and it isn't a success. And I do think it ends up with a business trajectory or a sales trajectory for for many young writers which has been disastrous for them you know huge sales and promotion for the first book less for the second and the third one isn't even taken whereas somebody uh, who starts small uh, and and takes their time yes it's a much much slower build but it is um, a hill as a build instead of just a, a crashing fall over a cliff. As an author, you've spent your career having to build a brand where people are familiar with your work. Have you observed any particular things that have been consistent in the way that you've done that? 
I, I've never been conscious of building a brand. I think there are authors who who go that way, and and it works very well commercially. And good luck to them. But I've just always uh, written for myself. And I think, I mean, Susan Sontag once said that um, a novel is is a slice of the world seen through a temperament. And so I think the brand of my writing is actually my temperament. It comes through. I mean, I'm, I've got a very, very dark view of the world and I've got a very, very merry disposition. So, and, and the two come together in all of the works. So what's next for you then, Anne? Last year, it was a strange year for everybody. And I had always avoided the topic of grief uh, because because I always felt that, um, you know, it was such a huge topic. And, and all of a sudden, I worked out a way of um, writing a sort of modern fable, a part ghost story, part coming of age novel, and part just the sort of social family observation I, I do anyway. Uh, exploring the way in which grief can affect not just individuals but communities at large, and and it is a big step for me. It's uh, it's a most unusual book for me. I it's called Aftershocks because it takes place after an earthquake and a tsunami, and I really hope it works. I think it does. I'm sure it will. And thank you so much for your time on Nine Twenty Nine. I've really enjoyed chatting to you. Anne just loves writing stories, and although she may have gathered worldwide fame for one book in particular, her body of work keeps her and her readers enthralled. Whether it's books or videos or anything else in between, creating for yourself consistently enables others to share in what you enjoy. 929 is a part of the Fiverr family. Thank you so much for listening. Please do leave us that review, and I'll see you again very soon. Bye-bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.